Welcome to Blaine Christ the King. You are listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at our campus location in Blaine, Washington. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? I was told to put the mic like right here, and that's really close to my lips, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm very blessed to be able to speak today. Uh, I know it's an odd thing to say, but I love you. <laughs> I do. I love what is happening in Whatcom County. I love what is happening in Blaine. I mean, with, with what you just said, that's incredible. I love what's, I love the hearts of the people in this very room, and I'm very blessed to be part of the expansion of God's kingdom. Amen? Now say you love me back. No, don't. It's awkward. That's awkward. Uh, today we're going to be talking about something very close to my heart. Community. Uh, I love talking about community, not only because I'm a raging extrovert, as my wife would put it, but Jesus was the biggest advocate for community. Not only was he surrounded by 12 other guys nearly constantly during his ministry years, but he took time to just spend with regular people. He loved to eat, to sit, to listen, to talk to. He just loved to simply be with his people. I'm going to open in prayer. Will you pray with me? Dearly Father, Lord, thank you so much for everything you do in our lives. Thank you so much that we're able to be here today. That is a blessing within itself that we're able to come to a church and just simply worship. Uh, Lord, Lord, we thank you for what is happening in Blaine. Uh, Lord, I just ask you just please keep on today as the people who feel like maybe they're not, uh, they don't have a place to come to. Lord, that, let them know that there are people that love them, that want to be with them. And, Lord, that they, uh, they are seen. And, Lord, thank you so much for the Seattle Seahawks, that they made it to, uh, as far as they did, that's a, that's a blessing to themselves. Amen. 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 Hey, have any of you ever been a part of, like, a rec sport or a, a, a gym athleticism or, or anything of the sorts? Okay, not all at once. Um, so an example I'm going to use is dodgeball. Most of you are probably familiar with dodgeball, Correct. For those who aren't, uh, essentially you get a bunch of kids together uh, who are already filled with energy. You put a bunch of balls in the middle of a gym room, and then you separate them, and then you say, go. And then they run as fast as they can towards each other, just a mesh of people just And then they grab the balls, they run back, and then they, they just launch these balls as hard as they can. And you say, if you get a headshot, you're disqualified. But there's always that one kid who throws and hits the kid in the head, and he goes, it was an accident. I didn't mean to do it. You meant to do it. Um, but before all that happens, there has to be basically team captains made. And usually, from my experience, what I've seen, it's always the two funny guys, right? They're always like, oh, what's up, I'm Troy. How you doing here? And they're always just a part of it. And there's like his best friends, always like Billy or something like that. Like, yeah, I'm Billy. What's up? And they have to establish the teams, okay? And so you have two teams. And so the team captains basically, all right, all right everyone gets the wall. We're going to pick who we want on our team. Sweet. So you go against the wall. I don't know why it sounds like that. But you go up against the wall. And from my also, from also from my experience, I was never the team captain. I was the one up against the wall. And so I'm up against the wall. I'm like, oh, I love this. I'm just glad I'm here. You know what I mean? I just love to be a part of it. I'm going to get picked first, obviously, because I'm the greatest dodgeball expert. They're like, OK, OK, I want Susan. You're like, 
okay, Susan. Susan, great choice. Great choice. She's really fast. She's good on her feet. Makes sense. Why would you? I'm going to obviously be picked on Billy's team. Billy's like, all right, we want, uh, we want Re Rogald. I just made up a name. Uh, we want Reginald. <laughs> okay, Reginald. That's great. That's great. And then basically, you're standing on this wall, and one by one, all these kids are getting picked, and then eventually, you're the last one, and you're just like, you hear Sarah McLaughlin in the background. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just like staring, and it's like, there's no way. They're not going to pick me. And they're like, we want the jump rope. Like, this doesn't even make sense. It's an inanimate object. And so basically, they're like, all right, fine. We'll take Dakota. You know, after they did rock, paper, scissors kind of a thing. So they end up taking you, and, and, and you just feel just this sense of like, well, I'm not really welcomed here. And the point of that story is basically saying that God's not waiting with a dodgeball, looking who would be the best for his team. There's only one team captain. It's him, and everyone is invited to join in. God's table is a place where everyone is welcome and where healthy, biblical community takes place. He's always there waiting with a feast prepared. Pull up a chair, come as you are. Jesus has called each of us by name, inviting us to sit by his side. Luke 14, 15 says, invited. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Sometimes we ignore his invitation to the world for essentially what we want to do. We hear his call, but we just kind of go, ah, no, I'm, I'm not really interested in that. And we kind of go for our own belonging because we're so obsessed with our image and, and, and wealth, approval from others, occupation. Our attention is called to be present in so many places. We are so worried about missing out on something that we decline the off. I was going to say author, the offer to God's table. If we look at Luke 14, 17 through 20, we see the excuses. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. We think, uh, I'll, I'll take this, a seat later, um, maybe when I'm less busy with work, when I have more time, when I won't miss out on anything the world has to offer. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I, yeah, I just, ugh, man, if only, if only, man, I have so much stuff to do, but I'll go sometime, you know? We never give a definitive answer. We never give an actual date. We never actually hear the invitation. We just say, sorry, I already have my schedule picked out. There's pressure to do more and to be more and to be something other than who you are. So what do we find at the table of God? At God's table, we find our belonging. Everyone has a seat with their name at it. It is a place where you come as you are without the pressure to perform. We see here in Luke 14 how Jesus uses the parable of the banquet to demonstrate his all-inclusive invitation. Let's look at 21 through 23. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. 
See, in this time period, these were the people that were seen as the social outcasts. They were the last rung on the social ladder. These are the ones that you fear welcoming into your house because you fear it would affect your social status. By Jesus, he's making a point to include everyone, even those that were considered on the outside or seen as other than. Matthew 21, 14 shows us that by healing the disabled in the temple, Jesus restored these excluded ones to full participation in worshiping community. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Matthew 21, 14. Good. <laughs> I look at my notes, look here, I'm like, I hope that's matching what I'm looking at. We don't want, uh, <laughs> we don't want to be left out. We don't want to be an afterthought. We want to have a place to where we fit in with others. I mean, that story was kind of silly, but it's relatable. I mean, essentially, you don't want to have to be the person that's just like, I don't, I'm not really welcomed here. Like, the only reason I'm here is because they felt bad. I don't have a place in this community. They barely even know my name. I just, I sometimes just come to church and no one welcomes me. I just sit in the back. No one knows my name. We all want to belong in a community where we feel seen and welcomed. We find this when we accept the open invitation to the table of God to find belonging in his community. For instance, when I was in the midst of my addiction, I, I struggled with addiction when I was much younger, I, I didn't think ever, anybody was ever going to accept me or even understand. I was convinced that basically, no, they won't, they won't understand because I'm, I'm just simply just going to tell them and then they're just going to look at me with, what? Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, you have nothing to do with us. And I thought I was going to be judged and disregarded until a series of events led by God allowed me to walk into a Celebrate Recovery, which is a 12-step Christian-based program. We do host it at North Bay Christ the King, 6.30 on Wednesdays. It's the only plug I'm going to do for the entire thing. But the truth is, it allowed me to share where I was at. And other people have different sources of celebrate recovery mine was celebrate recovery yours may be here yours may be another church yours may be a small group the truth is i was actually able to live freely and find my identity in christ once we have entered this community we find accountability when we are rooted rooted in a christ-centered community we are challenged to grow in our relationship with christ he becomes the authority in our lives what we believe about God, our actions, our attitude, are kept in check by those around us who we trust. If we are left to our own devices, insecurities, anxieties, or even addictions, we will always run and circle without truly experiencing freedom. Freedom comes in vulnerability, and vulnerability is found in community. Galatians 6, 1 through 3 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. We are called to guide one another when we are caught in sin. Now with a harsh pointed finger or a stone-throwing judgment, but with the hot heart posture of gracious kindness. 
When you try to bear your burdens alone, the weights can be crushing. But when you bear your burdens to the table of community, those people can help you surrender your hardships to God. How many times have we tried it? I'm asking you, how many times times have you actually tried to just shut down what you're actually feeling and not open up? And where do you end up? The exact same place where you started. More lonely, more afraid, more anxious, more depressed. And the times when I felt that and I gave it to my community, oh my goodness, I could dance. I mean, does anybody dance in this room? (laughs) No one dances in this room. I want to hear a yes. One yes. There you go. And you don't feel like dancing when you feel anxious and alone, do you? (laughs) Thanks, Cameron. (laughs) In verse 3, Paul is referencing the need for humility, both in giving and receiving correction. We must put away pride in order to allow others in our community to hold us accountable to God's standard of living. When we are in a community and held accountable to actually following Jesus, the natural outcome is growth. We become more and more like Christ. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 27, 17. In community, we are continually learning from each other as we listen to God's voice. In verse 13, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. When we spend time with God, we learn to know him more, not just about him. Before we can mature in our faith, we might be easily swayed by wrongful thinking in our culture. Together in community, we can disciple others and be discipled in truth so that we can grow in maturity. In verse 15, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Again, in verse 15, we see that we are helping each other grow. We are to use constructive feedback that is spoken with gentleness. This means keeping in mind the best interests of the person you are advising. We are, not to call, we are not called to operate with selfish ambition or vain conceit. We are all one body, working together under Christ. Together in unity, we support all the different functions of the body. We must have healthy communication so that each part can thrive. He wants us to open our hearts to where we fit in his kingdom. This is how we build up our community and love. I've been there. I've been the person who needed to be called out in love. As a teenager, I was saying I was a believer, but my actions were never truly representing Christ. I was attending church, every Sunday, but I was drinking high quantities of alcohol regularly. A fellow brother of mine, he pulled me aside, and he didn't yell at me. He didn't judge me. He simply talked to me, asked me where I was. Where do you want to be in your life and in your faith? 
He sought me out to lend an ear and to offer guidance. I was held accountable for my actions without being degraded. And that spoke larger volumes than filling my ear with what I basically already knew. You're doing a bad thing. You're a bad person. You're a bad representation. That doesn't work. I love you. I see you. I see potential in you. I'm here for you. That helped a lot. God's table is not a church building or an earthly location. It is being invited into his presence with other believers. We are the church when we gather together. We sit at his table and offer our lives up to him. We don't need this building. We don't need that building. It's nice to have a building, especially with this wind and rain. But we are the church. Look to the people to the right and left of you right now. And left. I can see some of you only looking to the right. We are the church. Us. That is an amazing thing. That means we can be a community that is constantly moving, that is constantly growing, that is constantly seeking. We are first and foremost invited in to attend a banquet held by the Lord at his table in our honor. Our creator is holding his creation a banquet in our honor. We don't need to fear what we miss out on every worry about who we should try to be. Our belonging is in who we are and the presence of God. When we accept the open invitation to his table, it is a lifelong invitation that does not expire. You don't have to RSVP. You don't have to dress up to attend. When we accept the invite, we get to sit at the table, not only with God, but with other believers. I want to be at the table with you guys. I'm seeing all your lovely faces, and I would love to see you all at the table. This is where healthy, biblical community comes in. We find our place in the body of Christ. We have others to walk alongside us in trial and hold us accountable when we stray. As healthy, biblical community, we get to grow together in Christ. Let God invite you into his table. Let him do the heavy lifting in your life. All you have to do is pull up a chair and say yes. Let's be that community. Let's run towards the messes. Let's be, let's be a church in Blaine that not only just comes to church, but is actively in the community. That is going to the people that are often ignored and saying, hey, do you need someone to talk to? Let's be a church that comes together and truly is an, makes an impact on this community. Because with that, that is the greatest possible outcome of God's love and gracious kindness. Let's end in prayer. Dearly Father, Lord, thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you for, uh, <laughs> thank you for being a, a father that is constantly teaching us. Thank you for being a father that is truly an example of love and guidance and acceptance. Lord, I thank you for this community of people. I thank you that we're able to come together. I thank you for everything that you do in, in my life and in, in everyone's life. And Lord, I've already seen the impact of what you are doing in Blaine. And Lord, I just, I just ask that you continually, continually move. Let us humble our hearts. Let us put away pride as we continue to be a part of this church. And Lord, I love you and thank you so much for everything that you have done so far.
your heavenly name.